we bless you tonight. We honor you. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if this is for someone here in the room or someone watching tonight, but I just keep hearing this. That someone is just saying this over and over. How shall this be? How can this come to pass? Those were words that Mary said when the angel Gabriel came and gave her the news that she was going to supernaturally conceive and bear our Lord Jesus Christ. And the answer that Gabriel gave to her was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. The Holy Ghost is that spirit of might, spirit of ability. Woo, hallelujah. So that's your answer tonight. Stop trying to figure it out in your head. You do not know the how. And you don't even need to know the how. All you need to know is the who. Hallelujah. The who. Our Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are working in your behalf. Woo! Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we thank you that we know the who. <laughs> and it shall all come to pass. It shall be even as he has told you in his word. Hallelujah. Oh, why? Because he's faithful. He is faithful. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so, Father, right now, as a company here at Heart of the Bay, we lift up the people of God. We lift up our brothers and sisters that are in a Damas Supreta, that are in a battle right now. And some are tempted to be discouraged. Some are tempted to be faint and to be weary. But now, let's offer our supply right now. We Whether you know them by name or not, we surround our brothers and sisters with our faith. And with our love, hallelujah. And we declare, be strengthened with might in the inner man. Oh, glory be to God. And we command discouragement to go in the name of Jesus. You lead them now. Weariness, you lead them now. We declare strength. We declare encouragement. We declare that the Lord our God is the glory and the lifter up of their heads 
in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, can you agree with that? Yes. Praise the Lord. Well, say amen again, and you can be seated. Great job, guys. Hallelujah. I can't sing or hear that song about how faithful God is without it just... You know, some songs are like scriptures. They just, they hit you in your spirit. And that song, if I had an anthem for my life, that would be it. All my life, you have been faithful. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful that we serve a good and a faithful God? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just blessed by that. Praise the Lord. Well, this is prayer school, and every Wednesday night's been a little bit different because, you know, we don't have to get in the same pattern or the same rut. But I know tonight that we are going to be doing some teaching. And there was a phrase that came to my heart a while back, and it's just this, prevailing in prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's, it's very evident. In our nation, there's been attacks against our nation. There's been attacks even against the institution of marriage and the family and against the church. But we are boldly declaring they are not going to prosper. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded, and you all know this, that tomorrow is Veterans Day. And on Sunday, we honored our veterans. And if there's any in here, we want to say a big thank you to you again for your service. Amen. Any vets in here tonight or watching online? And as I was thinking about how that connected with what we're going to be speaking on tonight, it was just, this just came up in my heart that men and women, for, for generations now, have stood on the borders of our nation, have gone to foreign lands to preserve, defend, and protect our nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And because they prevailed in their position, the evil forces that would try to take our nation down and, and bring hurt and harm, they have not been able to prevail. We are still here. And we are still declaring, in God we trust. And we are standing in our liberties and in our freedoms. Hallelujah. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church, but they're not going to prevail against our nation either. And because we're here and we're praying, but it's also because of men and women that have been willing to lay down their very lives to preserve our freedom and our liberty. And so as I was thinking about that, I'm always moved on Veterans Day and different uh, days that honor our nation. I do come from a very patriotic family and I'm proud of that. And I'm proud to be an American. I'm not ashamed to be an American. Just like I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. But as I was thinking of this, I was reminded my grandmother, my dad's mom, she had this picture in her 
home and then it was given to my father and and now my sister has it and um i don't know how clear it is but i just want to show you this picture because to me this represents the sacrifice that many families have made in our nation so i don't know if we can get it up on the screen okay so let me just tell you something here the guy in the middle 1917 that says dad is my grandfather he served in World War One, And then all of these other guys here, my grandma had five sons. Four of her sons served in World War Two. Now think of that. How many families in America were sacrificing like that? And the real handsome one smiling down there, Johnny, that's my dad. Isn't he awesome? And that's his three brothers. They have one younger brother that wasn't old enough to go. But this picture always strikes me because of the fact that families, just like my grandmother, I'm a mom. Many of you are moms. Can you imagine if you have five sons and four of them were serving in foreign lands? My dad was a gunman in the Navy, and he was also in what would be like, what's the Navy special... That's what he was in. He would volunteer for missions, and he saw a lot of combat. He was even wounded. But you know what? They all came home, and I'm thankful for that. You can take that down. But anyway, I liked looking at that. Did you all like that? It's just a good reminder of what our nation is built upon. It's built upon good men and women that have fought for our freedom. And to me, that's an example that we as the church must continue to stand for liberties and freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. And we know that through our prevailing prayers, we can stop the advancement of the devil, his evil plots and plans against our great land. And yes, I said it, against our great land. Amen? Amen. So tonight we are going to talk about how do we prevail in prayer? Well, Jesus had some things to say, and we want to begin uh, looking at Matthew chapter 16. This is him speaking to his disciples, and we'll begin reading at verse 13. I'm reading out the New King James. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Well, we're going to track this out. Who was the first one to speak up? Well, look here in verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, 
Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And then read this last part with me. Instead of Hades, we're going to say hell. Yeah, we're going to say hell in church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's say it again. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, we know that Peter was notorious for speaking on. And oftentimes he said and he did the wrong thing. And even after this, he messed up. But at this moment, hallelujah, he spoke out of his heart and not his head. He spoke by the Spirit of God. Jesus even praised him. He said, yay, Peter, for once. No, he didn't add for once, but yay, Peter, you got it. You got the revelation of who I am. Jesus wasn't saying that the church was going to be built on Peter, although there's lots of churches that have been named St. Peter around the world. We were in a church in Israel, and that was supposed to be the original place where Jesus said this to Peter, and they built a great big church over that. But this is what he was saying. Jesus was saying, I'm going to build my church on the rock of revelation that Peter had of who I really am. He got it. You are the son of the living God. And then verse 18, I want to read that one again out of the passion. This is what Jesus said to him. I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. And I love this phrase. My legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Don't you like that? The gates of hell are not going to prevail against God's church. They can't shake the very foundation on which we are built. But that's why the church has to be built on a strong foundation. Can't be built on man's opinions. Can't be built on flaky stuff. It's got to be built on the revelation of who Jesus is. And it's got to be strong in the Word. The Word is our strong foundation. You can even be a believer but not have that strong foundation. And when the storms of life come, and they do come to all of us, if we're not secure on the rock of revelation, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is true to his word. Then we can be shaken. And we are living in a time that when anything that can be shaken will be shaken. But not us. 
because we're going to stay built on that firm foundation. Hallelujah. And then I liked how that said that in the passion. My church, my legislative assembly. The church, another word for church is ecclesia, which literally means an assembly. We are called as the assembly of God's people to legislate on behalf of the kingdom of God. Guess what? It's going to go our God's way, which is our way. We have a vote. We have a say in what happens in our life. A legislative assembly, they make rules and laws and they vote. Well, guess what? We live by the word of God. The highest law in the land is the Bible. And we vote heavy in the camp of the Lord. So it's going to go God's way in our life. Amen? We have the keys of the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus continued in his teaching in verse 19. I want to read it out of the NLT. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever we forbid is forbidden. Whatever we permit is permitted. It doesn't sound like it's all up to Jesus. Like some people would say, no, we have been given authority. Can I get a better amen? We have been given authority to use his name. And this said, he has given us the keys of the kingdom. That means there's more than one. We got the word. We got the name. We got the blood of Jesus that we can plead the blood in the name of Jesus and be protected and have overcoming power. Hallelujah. But in light of what we're talking about tonight, another important key is prayer. That's an important key in this kingdom. And it's great to pray individually. And we all need those kinds of prayer times with the Lord. But right now, there's quite a few of us in here. This is a corporate prayer meeting. And a corporate times of prayer, you know, corporate prayer can be where there's just two or three of you. It's more than one agreeing upon something. And that is a powerful key. I heard Lynn Hammond say something years ago, and I want to read this to you about corporate prayer. Praying assemblies are like keys. Keys that unlock new places in God. Keys that unlock mysteries. Keys that open doors of utterance and of power that advance the kingdom. Just as, now listen to this part, you're going to like it. Just as a natural key is made up of a collection of ridges and varied heights and shapes. If I I had a key, I'd show you that, but you know that in a key. 
So spiritual keys are formed when believers with varied anointings assemble together and each one gives his spiritual supply. Isn't that good? Separately, believers carry a certain amount of power and have a limited amount of effect. But combined, we offer power and open doors that no man can shut. Woo! I like that. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're part of the same key. We're, yeah. Isn't that good? <laughs> well, I think that's why. That's one reason why the Bible says over in Hebrews 10, 25, we're familiar with that. But I want to read it out of the Passion. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. That's an ouch. That's an oh. That's a well. (laughs) As some have formed the habit of doing. It's easy to fall into bad habits. It's easy during this pandemic to fall into, into the habit of, well, you know, we don't really have to go to church. We're already the church, so we can lay on our couch in our pajamas and get the same thing. Well, you can get the word, but you're not offering your supply of service. Your supply of corporate worship. Your supply of corporate prayer. Unless we assemble. And then it goes on. It says, in fact, we should come together even more frequently. Eager. I love that. Listen to this. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawn. Are you encouraged when you come to church? I'm always encouraged when I come to church. And you know what? It's not every time. Particularly, thank God we have Sunday morning at 10 a.m. now. But I want to tell you the truth. When we had 9 a.m. services, it was not always joy unspeakable (laughs) and full of glory for me to get up and get ready and get here. But I have never been disappointed. Even when my flesh was like, stay in bed, stay in bed, go to the 11. Nobody will know, stay in bed. And I yielded to that a few times, let's be honest. But every time we come together, I know for me, I've been quickened physically. I've been uplifted. I've been encouraged. I've been strengthened. Hallelujah. I am a church girl. And just like I'm proud to say I'm an American, I'm proud to say I was born and raised in church. Not literally born in the church house, but almost. In my little baby book, if you all have their little baby books, it has a page in there, first trip. And my first trip after the hospital was to church. Hallelujah. Been going all my life and I love God's people. I love the church. I love the corporate 
anointing. And all of us here, we're part of the same key. And we're here to offer our supply when we come together. Certainly we get something. But we need to come with the attitude of, what am I bringing today? Am I bringing my service? Am I bringing my worship? Am I bringing my tithe? Am I bringing my best prayer? Hallelujah. Woo. That's how the church is going to prevail. And the gates of hell are not prevailing against us. We're prevailing over them. We just read that scripture there in Matthew 16. But I want to go back now to the word prevail. Some of that was extra and it won't cost you anything. But you can give extra in the offering. That's all right. Anyway, the word prevail out of Strong's. Let me give you some definitions. Win. Got any winners in here? Win out. Triumph. Be victorious. Be the victor. Anybody in here? The victor. Not the victim. The victor. Woo. Gain the victory. Come out ahead. Come out on top. Yeah, this was all in Strong's. Succeed. Overcome. Gain mastery. Take the crown. Rule and reign. Woo. So none of that's going to happen to us because the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. But we are the ones that are doing this. We are prevailing. Glory to God. So many good definitions. And I like that one. Come out on top. It may look like right now you're on the bottom and it may look like you're not that you're not even on the bottom of the barrel as that old saying goes but the you're under the barrel the barrel's on top of you but this says we're going to prevail when we stand on the word of God we're going to come out on top hallelujah woo I know the weapons have and will continue to come. But we have good news. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Woo! He hath made us more than conquerors. Uh, certainly there's times in our life when we just, you know, things happen to us that we don't understand. And when those things happen in your life or you're going through a difficult situation, don't do it alone. We want you to let us know. We are not like so hardcore and calloused here that, oh, just suck it up. No, I've never told anybody to just suck it up. That's not a scripture. In the Bible, the Bible says we are to love one another. We are to come alongside people. We are to help bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love and the law of Christ. We are to love one another. We are to be there for one another. So when we preach messages like this and we exhort you in the word of God, we are just telling you this is what the Bible says. But we also know every one of us are on a journey. 
So when you find yourself in a situation where it doesn't feel like you're prevailing, but the attacks are winning, call a faith buddy. Let us know. We want to be there with you. There's power in unity. And that's part of why he told us again in Hebrews 10.25 not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need one another. And I thank God for the unity and the love that is here in this church. And we preach victory because we know that's God's best. And we know that's where we're going to end up. But there's many times a process to getting there. But we're going to help you get there through the word of God. Amen. Amen. The weapons may come, but they are not going to take us out in the name of Jesus. I quote this scripture a lot to people over in Isaiah 54, 17, but I want to read it to you out of the NIV. No weapon forged against you, here's that word, will prevail. It's not going to prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hand, but anybody in here ever been falsely accused of saying something or doing something? Well, stand upon this and say, and you will refute, I will refute every tongue that falsely accuses me. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. I was looking up scriptures on prevail and I was like, wow, that's good. No weapon formed against you, against me, against the church, and yes, against our nation. There's weapons being formed against our nation. But this is our territory. This is our home. And we can rise up and say, no, they're not prevailing. They're not prospering in the name of Jesus. And then I like how it says, and this is their vindication from me. Ooh, I like that. The Lord is saying he himself will vindicate us. Don't you like that? Woo, that's good. Hallelujah. So what's all of this have to do with prayer? Well, the fact is this, that you and I, every one of us, we have access to the throne room of grace. We've been granted authority to pray faith-filled, powerful prayers that dominate the law of sin and death. And we've been granted access to come boldly to the throne room of grace. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's a right as being a believer. You like Hebrews 4.16 in the Amplified? Well, whether you like it or not, I do. So I'm going to read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly 
draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy. And then it has in parentheses, mercy for our failures. Anybody ever missed it? Anybody ever failed? Anybody ever sinned? Well, we got mercy. Thank God for mercy. And what's the Bible say about His mercy? They are new every morning. He never runs out. Thank the Lord. I know Mike needs it every day. Probably a lot, right? Always, yeah. That's what I figured. Anyway, but it never runs out. We may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when you need it. Woo! Amen. That's good, right? Well-timed help coming just when you need it. So to prevail in prayer, we got to come to Him. Got to come boldly. Not sneaking in the back door. Come boldly because of the blood of the Lamb and bring our request to the throne room of grace. And then another important thing about prevailing is this. Don't quit. We mentioned this in the beginning, but don't quit and don't get weary. Galatians nine, um, 6, 9 in the Amplified again. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. Well, there's a thought right there. In doing right. Hmm. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Wow, that's a mouthful. Due season of reaping almost always is longer than we'd like for it to be. Our part is to sow seeds. The kingdom of God is all about sowing seeds. We sow our seeds of love. We sow our seeds of service. We sow our financial seeds. We sow our seeds of prayer. And then we keep it in the hands of the Lord. We keep our faith active, but we aren't the ones that bring the harvest. Our part is to sow the seed. He is the one that brings it to pass and causes the harvest. And like I said, it almost always seems like the harvest takes longer than we would like. We, see, we get impatient. We're like, God, I asked you about that last week and nothing has changed yet. He's like, hold steady. I'm working. I'm working. Hold steady. We're not, he doesn't want us. This is why he encouraged us not to faint, not to grow weary, and not to give up. Because when we quit, it's like pulling the seed. Out of the ground. A farmer doesn't plant a seed and then cry. (laughs) There's no harvest. And I planted that seed yesterday. And I was expecting corn today. 
It doesn't work that way. And the Bible is just such a beautiful analogy. And there's so much in there about sowing and reaping and the, and the illustration of the farmer planting natural seeds. Why? He wants us to get it. That harvest is a process. It's never plant your seed and harvest the next day. It just normally doesn't work that way, especially when it's a prayer seed and you're praying perhaps over a lost loved one or a backslidden loved one and you're claiming that they're coming back into the kingdom or, or that lost one is coming and receiving Jesus. It's usually a process. But folks, harvest day does come. It always comes if we don't get weary and we don't faint. Amen. Praise the Lord. He wants us to reap. He desires us to have those desires of our heart. But we have to cooperate. We have to stay in faith. Amen. And we have to speak right words. If you weren't here last Sunday, you need to, even if you were, go online and listen to that message again. Words are forcible. And they are containers. And they do make a difference in our lives. But when we are praying and when we are prevailing in prayer, we have to stay connected to him. I heard someone say this. If your prayer is connected to the problem, you will get weary. Keep your prayers connected to God. We don't get faith from looking at the problem. We get faith from looking into the word of God. And victory comes for those that will hold steady. Got another scripture. I think this is the last scripture we'll share. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And I want to share this one out of the Passion. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. Does anybody derive encouragement from that? If you were asleep, taking a little dose, wake up. Because you don't want to miss this scripture. So now, wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always keeps his promises. Woo! That's something to be happy about. God always keeps his promises. Darkness will not prevail. Not as long as we are here. We are the light of the world. And as long as we are here, we are the restraining force. We're the prevailing force. We're the ruling ones. 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to close by telling you this story that I heard my sister share. And I think this is good for all of us to be reminded. Because we are living in a dark time. We're we're not sugarcoating it. We know that. That darkness is getting gross, like the Bible says. Gross darkness is out there. But it's not going to overtake us. So the story is like this. There was a young man. His name was Robert Louis Stevenson. He was a Scottish novelist and a writer. He wrote many novels. One that you may be familiar with was Treasure Island. He lived in the mid-1800s. When he was a child, his nanny came into his nursery to put him to bed. She found the boy intently looking out his bedroom window. When she called to him, he continued to stare out his window into the darkness. So she went over to ask him what he found so interesting outside. As she peered over his shoulder, she saw the lamplighter walking down the street, lighting the street lamps. Little Robert said, Look, Nanny, I'm watching that man poke holes in the darkness. Our presence here in this dark world is poking holes in the darkness. As long as the church is here, the devil and his cohorts and his plots and his plans are not going to overtake us and not overtake this nation. We are carriers of the light. And light always prevails over darkness. Remember some of those definitions. It's the victory. Light has the victory. Light dominates. Light always wins out over the darkness. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight. Let's all stand. We thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you have said we are carriers of the light and we the church ha 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 woo we're going to rise up in this day and in this hour and like we quoted in Isaiah 60 with gross darkness gross darkness has come into our world but it is not a time for us to be afraid it is not a time for us to grow weary and to quit no let the church arise arise and shine oh begin to pray for the church again arise and shine oh church arise and shine for your light has come take your position take your place of authority in the mighty name of Jesus and begin to poke holes in the darkness <laughs> woo woo ha 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 oh bakara 
Light triumphs. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. The forces of darkness, we push you back. Oh, the agenda. The agenda of the devil. The agenda of the Antichrist. We say stop in the name of Jesus. You shall go no further. You Antichrist spirit ruling and trying to reign in our nation. We put a stop on you. Oh, you will not prevail. You will not prevail against the church. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We rule and we reign and we pray that the church would arise. Arise, O church. Arise and shine. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, just pray. Pray out of your heart. Pray with fervency. Oh, and we use, we use, we use, we use that key. We use the keys of the kingdom. Oh, Father, every one of us now, we join our faith. We offer our supply together and we become like that key. <laughs> oh, this is what comes up in my heart. Not only are we the light of the world, but you and I, just like Jesus, we are called to set the captives free. He said over in Luke 4:18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news of the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Listen to this. Those who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. So right now, you and I, let's operate in that anointing of setting the captives free. See yourself right now. I do this sometimes. See yourself literally standing before a jail cell. And people are all in that jail. But you walk up and you got the key. And you unlock 
that jail door and the captives are set free. We do that in the realm of the spirit. So right now, Lord, we take that key and we unlock. (laughs) We release the captives, those that are bound by darkness, those that don't know you. Oh, my, my, those, so many that are oppressed. So many that are captive. So many that are prisoners. Prisoners to darkness. Oh, but yes, I'm talking about the lost. The lost. Oh, Holy Ghost, stir our hearts for the lost. Oh my, oh my, (laughs) just put your hands right here now on your spirit and just say, Holy Ghost, give me a trust, give me that burden for the lost, the lost, the lost, oh, they're lost. Some of them are your relatives, they're lost. They're in that jail cell. They're prisoners. But we have the key. Oh, we have the key to release. (laughs) Pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Well, this thought comes to me tonight. As Brenda was teaching on the keys of the kingdom, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Jesus came upon a lady that was bowed over. She was so, so infirmed. She couldn't lift herself up. And Jesus, with his words, said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And so as we pray for the lost, and as we pray for those that are infirmed, we pray under the unction and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And He gives us utterance and He gives us anointing to loose the lost, to loose things that perhaps we have no consciousness of. But when you sobre ketiste, menkina obra fashende, and when kilamafo to rande, but when you know kidi bostai, and when you commune with me, and when you practice the presence of God individually, yea, saith the Lord, you're stirring your inner man up. And as you are stirred up, and you come into the corporate setting with the key, oh yeah, the key, 
There shall be loosings that take place. There shall be things that happen that would not happen if you had not prayed individually and gathered yourself corporately with the key of prayer. And so, And so we speak loosing. We speak a loosing in the name of Jesus to our communities. We prekasandre gishtamana, that which is bound, prakasundre, dinki samatore mendiste, lemburandaridistongelamande, that which is held back and held down. We say, be loosed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Masumbriki pandaya, o brikiste, malavandore, viridusumbrikistama. Let's go ahead. There was an unction to pray for the lost. Let's pray for the lost right now. Let's pray for the lost. Those that are bound. Those that, as Brenda said, are in prison. We've got the key. Hallelujah. Setting the captives free. And so we say, be loose from that bondage. Be loose from that sin. Be loose from that addiction. Be loosed from that in the name of the Lord. Now go ahead and do your very best just to pray by the power of the Holy Ghost. liberty. We thank you for those, the captives being set free in the name of Jesus, being loosed by the power of God. Glory to God. Well, let's raise our hands and give Him thanks. We're expecting, we're expecting divine appointments. We're expecting the witness of the Spirit to flow through us and for the light of the Lord to shine through us and dispel darkness. Lord, I pray for divine appointments, Lord God, all week long to people that don't know you, Lord. Help us to bring a word in season. Help us to be a lifter, a lifter in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The other thing that comes to me tonight is even as Jesus said, to that woman that was bowed over. I think it was 38 years or 18 years, one of the two. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed, be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath day? In other words, she's in covenant with me, and she ought not to be bound. She ought to be loosed. But the vehicle that the master used is he used his words. He, he said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. So don't be surprised as you cultivate communion with the Holy Ghost and as you live a life sold out for him and as your inner man just continues to get built up and you rise up like an edifice higher and higher by your personal prayer in the Holy Ghost. Don't be surprised if the Lord 
doesn't use you in that or uses you in that manner to speak a word to speak a word we don't always need to lay hands on the sick i'm telling you a word in season under the unction of the holy ghost can set the captives free well let's lift our hands and give thanks to god for what we've heard tonight thank you so much for a great word a great word in season help us to be ever aware of your presence lord Lead us and guide us by your Spirit in our communities, on the job, wherever we go. Lead us by your Spirit to bring a grace word in season, to bring a lifting word so that the captives may be set free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.